Wednesday, 9.32. Now, there's something I saw on a video, and I want to talk about it. And it's actually a topic I've always wanted to come up with regarding life and death. What do you mean? Well, you know how when you tell someone, who someone who's who's gone, you always hear the term rest in peace. Well, shouldn't that also apply to people that are living? When you value your life more when you're dead, because a lot of people get more respect when they're dead than when they're alive. Think about it in this day and age. I think about it all the time. When, when you um, when you are gone, you're more respected and revered. What about when you're alive? You're not. Think about that for a second. Why do we always have to say rest in peace when someone is gone? but not apply to someone who's alive. Don't you think they need peace in their lives too with all the chaos and all the the drama and everything that's going on in our world? Think about that for a second. I've always wanted to ask that question or, or pose that type of a topic because in our lifetime, a lot of the people that we associate in our lifetime that are no longer here have more of a following when they're gone than when they're alive. Think about it in those terms. Why do people respect and revere more of the dead than the people who are alive and well in this world? I mean, you cannot forget the people that are around you. I like to think that the time that we have on this earth is precious. The more that we could do, that we could accomplish in our lifetime, then when it's our time to go, we will have done something. We will have done something. Because the way I see it, the way I see it, everything matters. People matter. The people who are alive and well matter, but for some reason, everybody reveres the dead. You are not fully accepted. You are not fully accepted if you're alive. You're more missed and remembered when you're dead. It's like when people come to wakes and funerals, they bring flowers for the dead. What about people that are living? We stopped doing that too. We don't bring flowers to them anymore because they're alive and well. We just pay our respects for the dead. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, because again, I've experienced death many, many times. And it's hurt. But you also have to remember the people that were once alive in your life. You know, your parents, whoever that was in your life at one point is no longer. The way you treated them in life matters. The way you treated somebody in your life matters because if you treat them horribly, if you treat them with such disrespect, if you are constantly yelling and screaming, then when it was when they when they're gone, you can you can't take back all the things that you said to that person. You can't take back all the names that you called them. You can't take back all those emotions and feelings you had toward them when they were alive. But when they're gone, all of a sudden you miss them. And I don't get it. I don't get it. A lot of people are leaning towards I had a better life when I was al- when I was when I'm dead than when I'm alive. But when you're dead, you just don't know what's going on around you. People are receptive to the dead and pay more respect to the dead to the person than anybody who's alive. That's what I don't understand. 
I don't get it. I think to myself, what does that really mean, though? Think about that for a second. What does that really mean? That you would rather revere the dead because they're no longer with us. But they made so many accomplishments and achievements in your life that you're following them. You're following a dead person. What about the people who are alive and are still making these great accomplishments and successes in their life? What about them? They don't matter? Because I, I would think that they would matter. But see, we don't do that. We don't stop to think what it costs. We don't stop to think that, hey, when they were alive, they had made all these important accomplishments, but we never really touched on that. We never really thought to ourselves, hey, look, this person made a difference in our life, but now they're no longer gone. They're no longer here. They're gone from this earth. And because they're gone, now we respect them more. But before, when they were alive, we didn't respect them. See, I don't get that. I don't understand that. Explain that to me. Why is it like that? Why? I like to think All of us are important. All of us are important in life. All of us. We are important. Our lives are important when we're alive. Because when a person is gone, that's when you say rest in peace. But I think people who also are living should rest in peace. In other words, if you're struggling with an illness, let's say, and you say that there's no hope, there is. You've got the support of your family, the support of whoever's in your life, basically. And you have to see it in that perspective. See, for me, I don't like it when people mock the dead. Remember when my mother was alive, she said in certain countries, the dead is well-respected. They have parades, they have all these tributes, they have everything going for them. They have all of that. But when you're alive, you don't have anything. Nobody throws a parade when you're alive. Nobody pays tribute to you when you're alive. They wait till after you're gone to pay tribute. Why? Life is precious. Do what you have to do now to make a, a difference, whether it's in one person's life or a group of people. Whether it's one person's life or a group. For me, I want to do it for the whole continent of, 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 um, of Africa. Why? Because the people over there are suffering. They're suffering. And if you tell me otherwise, yes, maybe I don't know enough to make a statement like that, but I have close friends that live in certain areas of that world, in that continent. And from, from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of um, famine. There, there's lack of education. There's so much illness, because the illness is the part that I'm really associated with, in helping people recover from an illness, and having them go into a doctor's office and say, look, hey, treat me, but don't don't push money towards me. Treat me first, then we'll talk about cost. When you start putting money into everything, these people are going to get turned away because of it, because they can't afford it. They are trying to survive now, putting food on the table, taking care of their families, doing the best that they can get out of life. And if the quality of their life is changed by an illness, because yes, I've gone to the hospital and went to the doctor, but the doctor wanted payment before I can get treated. No, you say to the doctor, your life 
My life is in your hands. You need to treat me and make me well. Then we'll talk about payment. And the thing that I'm coming up with is a payment plan because right now, medical costs are high. Even here in the United States, everyone seems to think, oh, because if you have insurance. Not everybody has insurance. I don't have medical insurance. And even if I did, when I was going through my illness, that was the least of my worries. I didn't think about the cost when I was trying to get better. Nobody came at me and said, well, we're not going to treat you until we get this money up front. It wasn't like that. They had to treat me first. Then we talked about after I've gotten better and I survived it, this is what needs to be done. This is what you need to do. Because if you're going to start putting money, if you're going to start taking money and throwing it at people, especially a family of four who has barely enough to eat, to put food on the table, to give their kids a quality education, to give them a better life. But there's one member of the family that's sick and that person doesn't want to go to the hospital because of that reason alone. You know what I say to that? I say, hey, look, Let's take it another step further. I will be there for you to hold your hand through the whole process, to be there with you through every step of the way. When it comes time and you've gotten your treatment and they've saved your life, then we will talk about a way to get a payment plan set up where it doesn't cost you much and you'll still have enough to to feed your family and to support all of you. Because again, it's ridiculous that, and, I, and I've read this, this one guy had to have surgery, but he had to go to another country to do it because they couldn't do it in his own homeland. Why? Why is that? I don't understand that at all. We have to do something about that because down there, there's so much, there's so much money involved. You just do like for a simple checkup. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I think it should be affordable all over for everybody, for everybody. And you think, well, the ones who have money, they, they have their own private documents. Yes, but the ones with their own money are also greedy, too. You have to think about the people around you. In order to survive in this world, so that you can be remembered for the things you've done, you have to struggle. If you come from a background like I did, where you had to struggle to make it to where you are now, that's a true accomplishment right there. If you tell me that that isn't the case, look at how many people have struggled. Look at all the famous people. There are a lot of them that said, yes, I came from a poor background, and we had to make do with what we had, but we got through it. I told you the story of my mother and father. They were poor. Their lives were robbed. Their childhood was robbed. They couldn't go to school, so they had to physically be like instant grown-up to help their mother and their father and their siblings just to get through the depression. Just imagine living in those times. You have to struggle. And then my father had gotten us a better life because he did not want to have, he didn't want us to have the life that he had where you had to really make do with what you have. He came into this country, gave us a better life, had to work two jobs and finally made it to that point where, hey, look, I did what I had to do, but I did it through hard work and struggling. And if it's okay to fail. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. Failure doesn't make you weak. Failure actually makes you stronger. What do you mean by that? Think about this. Think about this for a second. You could fail one, two, three, four, five times. You could struggle. You can struggle as many times. Your true success lies 
in that you failed many times, but you picked yourself up and you did it all over again. Failure is a part of learning. Failure is a part of success. Struggling is a part of success. People don't understand that just because you struggle. And you shouldn't be ashamed of where you come from. And you shouldn't be ashamed of your circumstances. The true meaning of success is you would have had to have failed and struggled along the way in order to succeed. Because if you told me I never struggled, I never failed, then how did you get to be so successful? Oh, let me guess. You were born into wealth and you cheated your way through life. That's basically what you did. Basically what you did. And I don't find anything wrong with a person struggling. As a matter of fact, if I can do a human interest story and interview someone who has been through that struggle, I could tell you right now my experience. My experiences on how I became the woman I am. I'm going through struggles right now. I will admit it to you. At one point in my life, I was in the middle part. I almost got to the top, but then life happened. Situations happened. Crisis has happened. Illness happened. It's life. We can't go back and undo what happened in our lives, but we can make sure that we as human beings, no matter what we're, where we go through, where we are in our lifetime, we're always going to struggle. But that doesn't mean that you're never going to succeed. For you to get your real true success in your lifetime, you have to struggle. That's part of living. That's part of living. That's a part of, you know, making your, your path, making progress in your life. When I think of all, all the, the people in my lifetime, in my lifetime, all the people that I've come close to, and I, and I look back at my father. He's a perfect example of a man who struggled to keep, to, to keep us from going down that path where he grew up. In other words, he gave us a far better life than what he had growing up because, again, him and my mother's childhood was robbed. They didn't never act, they never experienced life as children. They had to grow up really quickly. When you grow up in the Great Depression, it was tough back then. Look at the history of it. People were struggling to put food on the table. They had to find whatever jobs they could find to keep the family together. And you know what the one thing that keeps a family together? Love. Love brings people together. Love brings people, you know, to that point where this is what we have. We're struggling now, but we're going to get through it. Why? Why, why do you ask? We're going, to, we're going to get through it at some point in our lifetime. We're going to get through it. Because right now, people are struggling as we speak. Right this very minute, people are struggling. And my, one of my missions in life is to go there and do what I have to do to help others. Look, you're not alone. You are not alone. Look at me. I'm still trying to find my way. You know, it doesn't really matter how old you are when you get to be the success in your life. Age shouldn't even play a factor. Whatever age you're at, that's fine. You don't have to necessarily start when you're young. You could start at any age. I'm, I'm in my, you know, middle-aged. But I don't even look my age. I look younger. Why? Good Mediterranean genes. Both my mother and father had those good Mediterranean European genes where they you know, age gracefully. My mother, when she passed, she didn't look like she was 88. She could have been a lot younger. And my father, unfortunately, didn't make it to senior citizen. He was only 63. And he had a lot of life left, a lot of things he wanted to accomplish, but unfortunately, cancer took his life. So I understand why people are the way they are. 
I do. I understand it completely. But I also understand, I also understand that when you, when you say to me, I revere people who are dead, in other words, they've done so much and look at them, they've accomplished so much and they're gone, but what about the people who are still living? They don't count. So when I, when I think of rest in peace, I think all people should rest in peace, whether you're living or dead. It shouldn't be just relegated to people who are gone from this world. I'm sorry. And you have to think about the people in your life now. They matter. If you think about it this way, again, life is short. You have to make the best of what you have with that person because, again, whatever happens in their life, in your lifetime, when you're, you have to spend as much time with them as possible. Here today, gone tomorrow. I've heard that, that phrase many times. Here today, gone tomorrow. And which is true because if you think of it this way, what happens if... You say, okay, I'm going to make time to spend time with my loved one. Then all of a sudden, one of you gets, say, gets into an accident, a very bad accident, and you're hanging by a thread. And then all of a sudden, the doctor comes down and says, this is all we could do. We couldn't save him or her's life. You're going to beat yourself up saying, why wasn't I there for them? Why wasn't I spending more time with them? You keep making excuses and procrastinating. Well, you're not going to be able to have that chance to, to make a difference. Life is important. Life is precious. The things that you do in life matter. If people don't see that, so be it. Someone will one day recognize all your accomplishments. Somebody will come to you and say, hey, look, I can do this. I can do that. I can be the, the best that I can be. The best. And more so. Because right now, what I'm seeing is people, are, again, are revering the dead. It's like, oh, I'd rather, if I was dead, then I would be respected more and I remembered. But when I'm alive, nobody even pays attention to me. You know, that is a sad fact if you think about it. People who are alive in this world don't get that same recognition that when people, when people die, they get more of a following and a huge, huge standout. You ever think when you go into, let's say somebody does something in your lifetime and they were great at, say, um, being a humanitarian, given to all these causes, donating their love and their energy, going out there helping others. Something happens to them and they die, there'll be a big turnout for their funeral. People come to a funeral, all you see is all these people, but what happened to them when they were alive? They didn't matter? See, it's a shame that you don't, you respect more of the dead than you do of the people that are alive. Because once they're gone, you cannot take back or do any of the things that you say you're going to do if they're gone. You're going to make yourself feel guilty. Why didn't I, you know, give them that recognition, that respect when they were alive? Now I'm revering them when they're dead. We have to understand that as, as a human being, emotions do play a big part. I'm sorry to say it. Emotions play a huge part. And that's why I think it's very, 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 very important to always remember the people that are in your life. To think about them, to spend time with them as much as possible. Because again, anything could change like that. You know, there could be an instant where both of you are, say, are away somewhere. And then you hear about one of you getting into a very bad accident or, or coming down with an illness. You want to make it there to be with that person by their side because you just don't know what's going to happen. 
and you pray to God. Now, God works miracles. In some cases, not all the time, in some cases, he works miracles. He hears you, look, uh, uh, or you can bargain with him, hey, look, if, if you save my, my husband or my wife, I will do this, I will do this, 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 and this. Now, if God hears you, you have to remember the promise that you made to him of what you would do if he saved somebody in your family. You have to honor that promise. With me, when I got better from my illness, I didn't right away want to help others. I was still trying to figure out or trying to put the illness behind me. But then I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do good. If you give me that second chance in life, I will do good. I will help others get better. I will be there for them every step of the way. I will make do. I will do whatever it takes because right now, I don't want to see anybody struggling. It's just a sad fact in this day and age that people are struggling. And for what? Their quality of life is, is no good. I look around me and I think, I am depressed because I'm alone in this house. I have nobody to talk to. My family, yeah, we see each other once in a blue moon, but they have their own lives. And when the day comes and I'm with my husband, I will be happy. Once he comes down here, I'm telling you right now, my life with him will be beautiful, will be magical. We'll have the best of both worlds. We'll have everything that we truly deserve and truly desire because it's important very very important so now I'm going to have to end this I will probably do a part 2 of this because there's a lot to talk about let's comparing the dead versus the living you know think about this the people in your life that are now living spend as much time with them as possible you know do all the things you say you're going to do with them before it's too late because again anything could happen in, in you know at, at the drop of a pin think about that you know, all the times I thought that, you know, my father was making these plans with my mother, that after all of us had gotten out of the house and we were grown, we had our kids, that those two would just travel and they would go to all these different places. My father had all these dreams and these big plans, and of course, cancer took him away from us. So he never had the opportunity to do the things he wanted to do. And my mother was a widow for so many years, and in the beginning it was very difficult because I thought she was going to die. I thought she was going to give up and die. She had loved, lost the love of her life. They've been married for over 50 years. It's a long time to be married and to have a great life together. And all of a sudden, an illness just cuts it short. And it hurt me, too, because I lost my father. I never got over the fact that my father was gone. I denied his death for those first three or four years. And even then, I still think that he's not gone, that he's on a trip somewhere. Same thing with my mother. I saw my mother suffer, and that's something that I can never, ever, never not take back. She suffered before she died. She was going through pain. To watch you, to watch someone you love go through pain is just traumatic. And I just wish that it would have been much easier if she wouldn't have had the pain. She would have gone peacefully like my father did. But unfortunately, we can't go back and undo those things. What's done is done. You cannot change it. But we can keep the memories of our parents alive and in our hearts because everywhere we go in life they will be with us in spirit so remember that revere the people that you have in your life and love them while they're living because once they're gone they're gone forever so i'm going to say god bless all of you stay positive stay strong stay safe take care